0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio Today we're going to look at When should you combine your corn In our spotlight we'll talk about Bobcat's New Ride and Repeat Autonomous Mower Egg History Minute we'll look at silos And we'll have some cool beans that's corny with current events Wrap things up with our Field Good Friday with me today are Bill Schomberg, hey guys, Max Garvey,
1: what's up, everybody?
0: Todd Schomberg, hey to all the Tilties out there, and I'm Matt Bruger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, one of our, our other guys, Jake Shu, was telling me yesterday was, and I should look, I should have looked up the term, but there was baseball, golf, basketball, football, and. Possibly one other sport, like it was, it was the biggest sports day of the year because sports, 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 sports
2: equinox, equinox. Is that what they call it? Sports equinox,
1: sports apocalypse.
0: <laughs> so it was like the perfect storm of so many sports at once. Which the only one that surprises me, because you know October baseball, that's 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 been a thing for a while. But it was the golf? I didn't realize golf was sure. going this late. But I, you know, warmer climates, I'm sure. and... Done. it's
1: Still it like eighty and right. I always thought golf ran like all year because it gets warm. I guess up. I just don't pay
0: that much attention to golf. Yeah. Like
1: you care about the Masters, like that's what matters, right? I mean, like the Masters. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The Masters,
3: maybe the Open Championship, yeah.
1: the yeah. Ryder Cup. I like the Ryder Cup. We we'll get to like stomp on the rest of the world. Like that's cool. Usually we get still.
0: Yeah, just gotta get NASCAR to do no, like a Thursday race then, and you could have. It's not the right full. Get some soccer. Go get a too. horse
2: race during NASCAR
0: because the World Cup this year is. Yep. Late. It's like November or no, December Cause they're. Have you seen those ads with John Hamm as Santa Claus? No. Nope. Yeah, they start. I yep. saw one the other day. They're they're running for the World Cup this year. It's um, like a Christmas see, theme or whatever. Couldn't even tell you where it was. And it hasn't been yet.
3: Well, like where are they having it?
0: Oh, I don't remember. What city? Hang on, they um, have it in one spot. I thought, it, was yeah, the World, a, the World Cup, Cup every oh. four years. it's doesn't
3: it move around though.
0: It does. Ooh, Russia. Qatar <laughs> is hosting yep. the FIFA World Cup in twenty twenty two.
1: Qatar.
0: The countdown to Qatar. Last time it was in Russia. <laughs> that would have been a treat if it was supposed Very to be in long. Russia right now. Guess I'm guessing that would have got changed. Whoops. They even have the opening match set, apparently. Qatar versus Ecuador. Why Why
2: is it so late? Because they say, like, the next one is in July. Right. Like in 2026. It
0: normally it, it it is, is. in the summer, normally. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure it being, like, in, in a desert country. <laughs> so, it doesn't matter. I, yeah. Maybe, maybe they want it to be cooler because the summer in Qatar would be stupid hot. Sure. Like... <laughs> When they won the hosting, they're like, yeah, we'll do it in December when it's only like 80 instead of July when it's probably 130. I have no idea. I'm not a weatherman. I have no idea. just going to put that disclaimer out there if that's actually how hot it gets in Qatar. But, (laughs) I mean, from all we've learned in Desert Warfare over the last 20 years, I feel like it's probably pretty warm there.
1: Yeah I wouldn't ima- I wouldn't imagine it's uh forty. No. Although it doesn't get really cold like in the desert at night. That Sometimes, maybe, yeah. Some areas. But you play games pretty late, so maybe. Yeah.
0: I don't know. But it is a I thought that was unique that it was late this year. So But the Bucks are one and
1: Yeah! Yeah. Let's go box, baby!
0: At least we got that going for us now, <laughs> as the Packers and Badgers not so not so great the last couple weeks.
1: Wes Matthews with the goal ahead three with like twenty-four seconds left last night. It was good. Long season for them, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, is he on his playing?
2: Yeah, he had yeah, a double okay. double. So he's yep. he's
3: not hurt or nothing.
2: Kmit Kmit not is hurt.
1: Not yet. Yeah. Or is recovering from his knee surgery. Um, but yeah, no, well, okay, yeah, it's a long season, but the Packers and Badgers both lost uh, like disgusting games this weekend. So like, or last weekend. So I just needed something positive,
3: something to pump you up.
1: Yeah,
0: pump, pump the jam. Pump no, I'm, re-
1: it up. I'm ready. Hopefully this weekend goes better. But yeah, not not overly confident.
3: So we all in on the Jets then now, or what? We just don't care.
0: New York football in general yeah Jets are four and two and both the Giants and Bills are five and one I'd like so. to
1: see one of them play like the Bills or the Chiefs or somebody good
3: I think if the Packers wouldn't have got like if they would have got out of their way their own way last week it wouldn't like been a game because the Jets offense
1: did nothing besides a couple like one or two big runs that was it I did not even know how bad our defense necessarily played either it just—I don't know. We, I mean, only going three and out over and over and over again and making your defense stand out there kind of sucks. That was the
0: problem. The defense did all right up until like the third quarter when they just ran out of juice and yeah. from being on the field for—I—I I didn't see any actual statistics, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were on the field for thirty minutes up to that point. I mean, the Packers' offense did not. It's—it's it's hard
2: watching Rodgers, knowing like he is the cause of and solution to all our problems. <laughs> right. Like, ah, oh, it's just so hard. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't even know what he needs to do either. Just listen to the coach probably or do, like it just feels like he's just like Favre at the end too. Like it's the same picture of kind of how Favre was at the end of just running out there doing whatever the heck you want. I mean, Favre would throw picks more, whereas Rogers just, doesn't do any like he doesn't want to take any risks anymore at all and calling his own things and all these RPOs and then they fumble and yeah it's just it's just tough to watch
1: all right I I don't know I think uh I think we gotta run the dang ball man run the dang ball stop we don't have to throw it 40 times a game we don't we have two phenomenal running backs and we have an offensive line that isn't doing great. They're much better. They're a much better running line than they are a pass blocking yeah. line.
3: They're better. They're better than they're playing.
1: Well, that, and that too. But their strength is run blocking. It's not pass blocking.
0: Well, and we've seen this before. Like when you establish the run, it opens up more passing opportunities. Because if they know we, if you just pass 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 and only run once in a while, they' it's pretty easy to defend against that. Like okay. It's probably
1: going to be a pass, right? But anyway, uh, we'll uh, try again. Try again this weekend. We'll get it. It's all right. We'll survive. We just, it's got to get fixed here pretty quick. <laughs> I'm going to run out of patience.
3: You, you got to win this week because you're not, you're not going to win in Buffalo, uh, I, and then they will. But.
2: I mean, they could. That's what's what weird about this team is like, you right. know they could, but it's like, well, then just win the easy ones too. Right. I also think these two teams are better yeah. than what they've been in the past. So that's been tricky too is like you're like the Jets really. But if you
1: they're, remember
3: our intro last week, I said don't sleep on, on the Jets. Jets. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bill did say that. Here's the only, here's the only problem. We're going to play another team that is a get-right game, right? These <laughs> guys are supposed to be bad. What happens when we don't? Blow their doors off right. this again. Then what? Right. in like
2: this game with Taylor Heineke at quarterback, like this, this will probably be a close game. It will be. I mean, there's yep. to blow Redskins. Excuse me, Washington Commies? Football Commanders. Team, excuse me, the Commies. Washington yep. Commanders have a very good defense, so that that too would, we're going to struggle. I again. think at this
3: point you don't care if you blow them or not. Blow them out. You just, just want a, beat them. a W's like W's. You just right. got to win. Just win. Just yep. Get the dub. You don't care. Like if it's. Thirteen to fourteen. I don't care. They gotta win.
2: Max, this is your middle schoolers. And you're coaching football, what are you telling them? Mm.
1: <laughs> Do your job. Mm, yeah. Do they remind you of
2: some of your middle schoolers? I think
1: I probably have middle school kids this year that were smarter than some of these guys. <laughs> I can tell you one thing, I feel a lot smarter than Matt LaFleur. <laughs> we had a good running back. We we ran the ball. I mean that is I, I you know. I I don't I don't understand why Aaron Jones is getting 8 touches a game. I think that's ridiculous. I mean
3: there's nobody on the outside that's better like on the receivers. There's nobody better like for playmaking than that guy. Like he's your best playmaker
1: and it's not very close. No. It's not close. I also I I know we can't afford it or whatever. We like we have to do something. We have to find somebody. Bring somebody Especially with oh yeah,
2: so Sammy Watkins getting hurt. And Christian Watson. He's potentially going to
0: come back. You know, they were supposed to be kind of these. hurt again. Yeah. Because <laughs> they said he was maybe going to he practice he yesterday. Did, yeah. yeah. So they took him
1: off IR, right. but they said there's like. He's not going to play this week. There's but. like a 2% chance he plays this week. I mean, and, and Sammy Watkins was a washed up old guy anyway when he got here. So it's not exactly. Yeah. I'm not, not going to.
0: No, but he's got, he had a couple, you know, he was starting to show a little bit of promise before he went down.
1: Don't get me wrong. I hope he's really good. I'm just saying, I don't know that he's our the savior to our offense right now.
0: Yeah. What, you know, we haven't made any free agency moves. You see McCaffrey going to Niners. the Niners now, OBJ potentially to the Vikings is the rumor. Um.
1: That would be funny
0: so there's a guy yeah, just,
1: there's a guy in New York who wants to get traded yeah the Jets guy wants to get traded. Yeah. Uh, Robbie
0: Anderson went to the Cardinals
1: yeah and I saw a lot of people that were upset about Robbie Anderson not us not picking him up and I just don't know that that is really what our locker room needs right now As a guy no like that. Yeah. we're kind of I feel like we're kind of teetering as it is and getting a little in the danger zone so bringing in a guy who just got kicked off, basically kicked, rough, away, right. kicked off his team, really, yeah. is what happened. Um, I don't know if that's the kind of guy you bring into a team that's already struggling. It's Elijah Moore, right? Elijah Moore, yeah, that's the guy. The Jets guy. The Jets guy. Yep. Yep. And
0: there's
3: Taka DJ Moore. Is he a Panther, too?
1: Panther, yep. He's a Panther, yeah. No, yeah, he's a Panther. Taka. He was, yeah. Potentially. Is he, a, is, he a, is he a Kami now?
0: He might have, yeah. Because he was with the Panthers for a while. But yeah, there's... You know, there's yep. potential moves to be made out there. It's just
1: they got to
3: block better first. Like Rodgers can't be like,
0: oh no, he's yeah. It's offensive problems aren't all Rodgers, but no, they're yeah. he's part of it.
3: But you're down to like your third. Like Lazard's not a first, a number one receiver. So you're down to your
0: third, fourth, the, and fifth guy. Right, and Cobb's out for. These guys Four are weeks.
2: getting open more than yeah. what would look like. So that's They say on the me. film I mean, right.
3: like if you watch the film Dobbs is open all the time. Right. He's just
2: but they said he might not be number games. 1 in the progressions, right. so
0: yeah, it's just tough that way. Well, and I mean, not that he doesn't have he's got decent hands, but he he's flopped them before like you know, Rogers needs seems to need that rapport with the receiver. And I know he right. liked he said he's liked Dobbs, but you know, Tanyan's back and you saw that last week when, when it was, things were getting tough, he was trying to go to Bobby T and Ten catches. And you almost last week almost lost a pick that way. Right. Which was not Tanya's fault. It hit the ground. Like I thought it was you know, I was shaking my head like you don't bat the ball up when you're trying to catch I, right. it. Like it's the that's like got to be the number one rule for receiving. Like don't bat the ball in the air. But then when I saw it hit the ground, it was like okay, it wasn't him. It was. So yeah, he needs he needs that confidence in his receivers that he doesn't have. It was a weird week that way if we went.
2: Packers L and then, like, all the soybean weather was just decided to be gone for a little while. Yeah, for a week. It was just, like, dreary and gross and, you know, like, you couldn't, yeah, like, the bean windows have been interesting because there's been, like, bean harvest windows, but it just felt like since the Packers have lost, it's been very, very not great, like, harvest weather and even that has, like. And
3: then, like, Monday
1: was gale force winds. Right. And Tuesday right. wasn't much better. It was really hard on the corn Monday. Just yeah. the
2: tops, know. the above Eerie. the cob, basically Eerie. gone out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, or if it's there, it's just whacking him in the face yeah. as Eerie. we're trying to walk through.
1: <laughs> that was pretty rough.
0: I was in some short corn yesterday, and it was like constantly either batting, batting tops out of the out of the way, all, or all the corn is short now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was short before it was cool to be okay. short, though. <laughs> So, speaking of corn, you guys ready to get into our topic for today? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: So. I've been in it all week. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> so, when should we combine corn? And that's our topic for today. So, Max, you wrote yeah. this one. What do you got for us?
1: Yeah. So, I wrote, as most of our topics come up, it's stuff that we're kind of dealing with and questions we're getting over and over again. And right now, everybody's question is, for them, we have a lot of beans off. Not all of them, but a lot of beans, and it's turned more to that, we're going to harvest some corn here, hopefully. When are we going to combine? What number should we combine at? All that kind of stuff. So, um, I've been, I did a lot of, I don't know how many you guys did this week, but I got like two, five gallon pails of corn in the back of my truck just from shelling by hand this week for samples. So, I mean, it's got some blisters. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very excited to use the wheel this morning and do some shelling for me because uh, my hands are hurting. But anyway, yeah, we pulled out the old uh,
2: grandpa's old corn sheller and yeah, rocking that, heard that. Yeah,
3: it's pretty like the big flywheel
1: one. Yeah, like,
2: it actually works better than I even remember. Like as a kid, like it.
1: You do got to get that one rolling before yeah, you drop you do, the you do. Yeah, you oh, put yeah. a
2: cobbin in, she bogs her down pretty quick if yep. you're not. You got a and it's got to be dry through.
1: or it. It. Choose it right. It
2: chewed, but not as bad. We got that other sheller that yeah. we purchased that red one. And this one's way better than that. It'll yeah. do it'll do like thirty percent and drier easy. And then like above thirty, it starts eating them a little bit too much that you gotta kind of put the watch. wheels on that, the the oh, wheels the, on that the, thing are like the wheels two huge, foot and then it's got like right? a really another cool like oh, like a sprocket looking thing that kind of holds it in there. It yeah. Spins it. No, it was well designed, and then for the cot like the cob punches out the other end yep. it's pretty cool yeah i mean the grain falls grain to the falls bottom, the bottom right? and then the cob punches out the other end you got to
3: so. you think that was built in the 40s Yeah. 30s
2: yeah probably i mean it, it was yeah
3: yeah it was it was a pretty cool machine yeah
2: my kids always helped me shell and then when i yeah, we ran some through that. And they Child looked, labor. They looked at me like, why, Dad, did you always make me do this? <laughs> uh, and, like, yeah, shelter. Their hands are like raw and they hurt. But no, they're like, w- this, what? Like, what? They're like, well, where'd you get this? I'm like, oh, it was in the back red shed. It was in the back red shed, and it wasn't like, why weren't we using this all the time? And they thought that, yeah, the cob popping out was amazing. That the technology in that <laughs> was like, on oh, the other side.
1: So, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, corn shell talk. The first like the first thing we have to talk about and this does have to be said cuz it's been debated a couple times with me this week is what are we going to use this corn for? Are we is it going to be high moisture? Do we want to take high moisture or is it do we want to try and get it dry and we're making some adjustments on fields that maybe in June we thought would be high moisture and you know they're drier now, so let's try and get them dry all the way and we'll take it as dry corn. Um so that's the first I guess conversation you have to have is decide decide what that's going to be um, and then once you figure that out, you know, if it's going to be high moisture, you got to make sure you understand your your storage system. So whether you're putting it in a bag, putting it in a silo, putting it in a pile, that number kind of changes, right? So for a conventional, this, I'm reading this directly off the table, for a conventional top unloading silo bunker or silo bag, okay? You want to be minimum 26%, desired moisture 28 to 32, maximum of 36 for high-moisture corn. Correct. Correct. So, Bill agrees. Mm. Correct. And then for your bottom unloading oxygen-limiting silos, you want to be at 24, um, desired 26 to... Minimum 24, 26 to 28 is desired, and 32 is your maximum.
3: Yeah, you had a farmer that custom harvests for another farm that I work for, and the custom harvester farm was getting all excited about, oh, we, they were looking at their corn and it was like 28, 26. And they're going to go to dry if they can, but they're the one they're harvesting for. um They were at like about the same. Yeah. It was about 30 and they were going to take it for high moisture and they're like, oh, let's, let's go, let's go. We're, we're going to be late here. Let's do something. And, and the guy who runs the combine is like, but remember, they're putting it in a harvester, so their high moisture is like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. So, isn't it weird that like the harvester
2: is almost the same
3: as what you tell a guy to start to dry, you know, yeah. Dry, yeah. dry corn, the dry yeah, almost like so, it's, it's like chill, you know, so we got time.
1: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is you know, we have these numbers, and these are your standard. Like this is what you should run with. But I guys know what their storage system likes best. They know what works for them, and it. Is twenty one, twenty two? Sometimes that's their high moisture corn is.
0: Yep, yeah, I've got a guy that they push the lower end of that range in a harvester. So I got a different screen. I put in my hammer mill, and that's how the how we like to run it.
1: So. Yeah, so you we have these numbers, but you have to you have to well, like I say, you know, in January when you're trying to get high moisture corn out, you know if it's too wet in there. Just if I say go at twenty four, and you know twenty four doesn't work, just tell me it doesn't work at twenty four, and we'll go at twenty two. That's fine. You know, you got to have that conversation about deciding kind of where your marks are because there isn't a a one-size-fits-all to the correct moisture for high-moisture corn, right?
3: And the thing you don't want to do on a harvester, the bottom feed, because think about how it feeds like a cone. Like, don't put good corn in, and then, oh, I got one field left. It's at whatever, 32, 36. We'll just put that on top, and it'll be fine. Well, then all winter long, you got... Crap corn that just slowly filters did out. Did we do that once? We did not. Okay. I no. was just wondering if that was like no. one time. We we did this one time? I, yeah. I don't remember. I was that talking ever, to our really. county agent about that. Yeah. Because him and I had worked on a farm together a handful of years ago, and we advised the farm to do the right thing, and they didn't listen, and that's what happened. And like every day they'd get a little chunk of crap because yeah. it feeds like a cone, not
0: so no. you're saying put your garbage corn on the bottom? Just wait. No. <laughs> just wait, or just no. wait.
3: Yeah is it
2: is it harder to like this? Is what blows me away is like is it harder to stop the corn chopping crew or the combine? You know, combining. The or right combine? You think it's harder to stop combining. combine? See,
1: that's it's what blows later, me away. It's because it's later in the season. Well, okay, so di- there's that, that's what well, blows the, me. The corn me, like, combining crew is harder. to The funny thing you
3: say that is Max and I just had the conversation yesterday on the phone about. A custom,
1: oh, combine with beans, like, I was fired up yesterday.
3: <laughs> combining at 30 miles an hour,
1: like, he's <laughs> eight and a half, he's flying <laughs> anyway. So, I these new combines, Max. Sh- oh, shut up, dude. But you can <laughs> plan at 10 miles an hour, why can't <laughs> you combine <laughs> at eight? <laughs> Come on, yeah. Anyway, so the uh, I lost what you Oh, so when it comes to combining versus chopper, what you can stop easier. You can stop the bean harvester easier than you can stop the corn harvest. So it go it would go like easiest to hardest to stop would be soybeans, then silage, then dry corn.
2: Which blows me away because it's sh- silage should be way harder to stop because you got truck. Right, that's a lot more time sensitive. Like somebody on the pile and you know, or silage like where is like the problem I agree
1: is with, with you. corn is like we hit we hit October twenty fifth, and anything under twenty six is going. Everybody's yeah. going. We're going. Which, yeah, that's yeah. yeah.
0: It, soybeans, I, I feel but, like it's more weather dependent than.
3: But I do think the chopper though, because guys, the snow's flying. The guys see the seepage all year, and yeah. yeah, potentially their milk changes because of that. Like the they're more like you F and stop the, because this is not right.
1: With corn, you pay the dryer bill in December. You get you pay your your what you're gonna have to pay for drying, and then you don't have to think about how wet your corn right. was again for because right.
2: it was dried down, right? Because you're like, It's yeah, that like okay, you put so up white corn and it seeps out your grain bin all all year,
1: yeah. and you have to watch it? It's like, oh man, my freaking drying bill was stupid; it was so expensive, and then you fr- and then it's gone, like it's over. Yeah, it's not a daily reminder of oh we screwed that up like. The other thing is, uh, Wisconsin, and probably not, maybe not a thing in as many other states, is uh, we got this big thing that comes up the uh, third weekend in November every year. <laughs> and uh, that, if corn's not off by then, it ain't coming off. It's pretty much, I mean, I don't well, know how much. That's
2: corn. how some guys do that event. You yeah, com- you just put the rifle in the, the cab
1: yeah. with you <laughs> as you're going. Yeah, when we get to, but like gun deer season, if your corn isn't off by then, it's, it's pretty hard getting it off after that. I mean. It's
3: like an unofficial end of
1: the year it is like it kind of is guys push really hard i feel like to get done before deer season Then after deer season it's like bah whatever i mean if we you know there's 10 acres left they're like bah we'll get to it eventually they're combining on new year's day you know um anyway so um yeah so that's why corn is is really hard to stop because they have they're way more up against the wall than anything else i think
3: and how much too is it like my semi is going to sit at the mill for hours just trying to get through the line. So if I get started early or some of those things of like logistics of just don't want to sit in line at the elevator.
1: Yep. So that kind of runs into the next kind of point here that we have to consider is what is your, I I write it as what is your harvest timing ability? So like some guys can only run 10 acres of corn a day all they have the capacity for that's all they have the you know the mill can only mill that much at a time or whatever um, maybe they can only get one semi a day so they can only fill one semi and then they got to be done right so you got to know what your harvest timing ability is gonna be because that can kind of change when you should you might have to adjust your moistures to make that work um, so I got one guy he starts his dry corn a little earlier because it takes him a while to combine he's got a smaller combine and big chunk of acres so he starts at 23 making dry corn because by the time he finishes it is at eighteen, you know. But to get through all of it and be done before Christmas, he's gotta start a little wet. Yeah,
0: and then if you have your own bins or you know there's other factors that that play into that too of whether you can put air on it yourself or you're drying it yourself or taking it somewhere to get dried. It's-
1: right. So I got a I got a, another grower, you know, that we we work through this every year. He has he has a bin um without a dryer, but he can turn air on. So he likes to do a lot of stuff at 2021 20, turn the air on for a day and then haul it you yeah. oh well we can only dry so much so fast so even if conditions are good it's we don't tend to combine all that fast so that's part of the deal too and then right in with your timing this other part that you probably have no control over is when if you have a custom harvester when he is he coming um, because sometimes they just make that decision for you yep and uh, I hate to break it to some of these guys, but when you're 60 acres of corn versus a guy with 400, you're probably not super high on the priority list. What? Um, you're going to get fit in. You're really going to get fit in whenever it fits for them, and you're probably not going to get a whole lot, of, whole lot of say either way. Um, no. It's not always the case, but it's a, it's a lot of the case. Um, so, yeah. Um, then this year, especially, how much is drying going to cost? Um, so there is a there is a thought um, especially down south it sounds like that we can combine corn at 23 if we're getting it off in September because it's going to be cheaper to dry because it's warmer it's going to take less fuel to dry it um, on your but this is especially if you have your own dryer versus I mean I think if you go to the co-op it doesn't really matter They're, you're getting charged the same no matter what but if you're paying for the propane yourself getting it off earlier having to dry at a point or two more but you got it off two or three weeks earlier it's okay it, it comes out in the wash the same so you might as well start um,
3: versus when it's 25 degrees yeah. trying to
1: dry stuff when it's zero versus trying to dry stuff yeah. when it's 40 50 60 you know some of that stuff it just it works a lot better um, less propane all that kind of stuff so that's uh I guess your your drying costs can be a pretty big driver like Guys this year got a lot more patient when they called the co-op and checked out what the drying procedure was this year. You know how much their cost was per per bushel per point and all that kind of stuff. I had some guys that were really ready to combine some 22% corn and then they, they called the co-op and heard heard how the drying was going to go this year and very quickly we were we we're back to combining 18% corn. We're good. We're, we'll wait. It's good. So, I heard 8 cents a bushel. Is that Yeah, that's some of the numbers I was hearing. Um Eight cents a bushel per point, right? Is what you're saying, Bill? Yeah, I think so. Eight cents a bushel per point it over high. over eighteen. It
3: did but it just seemed like a lot.
1: That's but I heard the same number a couple times and numbers similar to that. So yeah, it's ex- it's going to be expensive this year. They really want it dry. Sure. No, so, I yeah. I mean, that's kind of. Anyway, and then the last thing, and hopefully we're pretty much done with this, but I guess if you had something else you really wanted to plant yet this fall, maybe you make that dry corn plan be high moisture corn this year because getting pretty late it's october 21st as we record this it's um
3: hopefully, if you had that plan, you've made
1: some change. better
3: plan sooner <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this weekend's going to be a that beautiful weekend. It's supposed to be almost 70 today, yeah. 70s for the next couple days before it tapers back down next week. So might be the last good time to get some of that stuff in.
1: Yeah, the snow they have on the, on the schedule for next week is not exactly ideal.
0: Come on, it's rain right now. So <laughs> only snow to the north.
1: <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the last thing that I really had about you know, decisions to be made. Like I said, the last one, hopefully we made that decision a couple weeks ago. Made an adjustment if we had to, um, but definitely something to keep in mind. So,
3: so if, if you're a grain farmer and you you're not having this high moisture decision, you've planted the right hybrids that you know you're going to have quote dry corn. What's the number you want to start? Like if if all things equal, you're not going to wait till sixteen. You're not going to wait till eighteen, right? Twenty one. Yeah, mine was twenty two. So. Is that? I
2: I think the way this year is going, it might even be slightly higher. Twenty four, yeah. yeah, it's twenty four. Yeah. Is the just the way the corn seems to be drying down? It's doing it similar to silage. Max right, is we're
0: not we're that, kind
2: of holding out. These that, nervous guys. <laughs> it will be interesting what this little stretch of warm weather does. You know, we had the cool to kind of kill it with the frost somewhat. It didn't completely, but most of it's dying off pretty good. Yeah, I'd, and this hot weather is that going to Sort of physiologically tell that corn like it's time to be done. Let's go, um, and by late uh, late November, more so, or right before deer hunting, you know, you you might be hitting that number you need to be. But
1: I can say in a week, um I've had some stuff drop like pretty phenomenally. I, so I think we're entering the holy crap, finish, we're done. Yeah, and I had some stuff go ten points in a week. Yeah, and
2: I would agree with you, Max. Too, I've seen that too, where it's dropped from you know mid 30s to high 20s so it's doing what it needs to do but yeah need to get it to to get it to 22 sometimes you guys just said didn't have any dry
1: corn off yet so you don't i'm like i feel great i had dry corn come off this week i'm yeah sure i still got some that's at 40 but like i had some come off so i'm good i'm happy we at least got got to start
0: All right, so there you go. There's some thoughts to consider when you're looking to get the combine rolling, if you haven't already. Now we'll move to our spotlight for today. All right, today we're looking at Bobcat announcing the Ride and Repeat Autonomous Mower. So, Bobcat has announced its new autonomous mowing system in conjunction with a strategic investment in Green Z, a startup company for outdoor equipment autonomous software. New zero turn mower is designed to perform tasks without an onboard operator. So, hold your hold your hold your butts. We got auto steer for your lawnmower now.
1: Yeah, it's 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 not necessarily directly uh, an ag thing, but. It's a no, it's a more complicated piece of equipment, getting ought to aut, auto steer. Or no, I don't want to say more complicated, but a lawnmower can really cause some problems. Um, there's some big blades on there spinning very fast, so close,
3: close to uh, residents.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be working close to buildings, not in the middle of a forty. You know, so
2: this it, on a farm I could see way better than in a you know a little residential use where you got yeah, but what
1: are they going to do with the 11 year old kid that's not old enough to run <laughs> well, a that was exactly
3: yet. my th- talk like all these young kids that start mowing mm-hmm. lawn
2: but yeah you basically like mow it like normal it maps it on your smartphone and then next time you just say do that so again re- redo it yeah.
0: yeah so yeah it's not quite ready for commercial operation yet testing plan for later this year and throughout the next year but they are making modifications and hoping to get it out into the market late twenty twenty three.
1: I did like the guy who said I grew up on a farm and I spent the better part of twenty years mowing grass, so I know firsthand the labor that's involved. He's the vice president of global innovation for Bobcat. I wonder if you if they like what their farm looks like compared to some of these guys we work with that are mowing four acres of lawn around their farm right now? or or more than 4 acres of lawn around some of these farms right now.
0: Yeah, and it's always there's buildings and sometimes junk piles and everything else you got to go around, so
1: I mean, it it feels like they're mowing grass at every day. That's some yeah, like they're does. literally mowing every day to get it through.
0: Right. All right. Now we'll move into our egg history minute. All right, talking about silos today. So the word silo comes from an ancient Greek where it means a trench for storing grain in airtight pits. Apparently this concept of crop storage was not appreciated by European farmers until 1861 when German farmers, who knew how to make sauerkraut, began storing a variety of foodstuffs for preservation by a similar fashion in large wooden tubs. Putting fresh crops under pressure in tightly enclosed space caused a fermentation in the absence of oxygen and the resulting acids and alcohols which prevented the growth of bacteria and mold kept the silage from spoiling. Modern silage making is attributed to Auguste Goffart of France who developed a method of preserving fresh fodder and published a book about it in 1877. American farmers were slow to invest in this concept of crop preservation although some type of silo might have been built as early as 1865 near Troy, New York. An Illinois farmer, Fred Hatch, is reportedly reported to have erected a 16-by-24-foot silo in 1873, eight feet of which was underground. And James Bailey of Massachusetts built a silo in 1879 and wrote a book about the benefits of silage. Interestingly enough, he sought out William Horde of Fort Atkinson to publish the book for him. So there you go.
1: Who is this William Horde oh, really? they speak of? Horde. Oh,
0: I don't know. He I never you heard of him? You ever heard of that
3: guy? A little bit about publishing things.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Did he publish the book for him or he just sought him out? Do we know him I, I think he published a book for him. All right.
0: Cool. So nope. He Horde message. said no. <laughs> no.
2: The silo.
1: You never take catch your, on. <laughs> your heresy
0: out of here. Yes. There'll be there'll no there'll no silage to, for my dairy cattle. T-
1: old Billy Horde wasn't in on the silage. <laughs>
2: All right, thank you, Matt. Thank you to all our listeners out there. Please subscribe to the fo- podcast and tell a farmer friend. It's really easy. Just go to Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, search Tilth Talk Radio. And on your Android phone, you can go get Podcasts Addict, Podbean, and Player FM are all good apps to listen to podcasts. You can also listen on your browser right on your smartphone or on a computer browser. Go to tilthegg.com slash podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Tilt Talk Radio.
0: All right. Now we'll move into our current events for today. So, Cool Beans and that's corny. Cool Cool Beans? Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Our Cool Beans Day 2022 National Wheat Yield Contest winners were announced on October 18th.
1: Okay, don't look, guys. Don't look. The winners were announced for
0: 2022, which is the seventh year the National Wheat Foundation has held the contest. This year, the contest's record yield of 231.37 bushels per acre was achieved by Riley Reynolds in Twin Falls County, Idaho. What does
3: 230 bushel wheat look like? Not like the dude,
2: stock photo they have. Can
1: yeah. you imagine wheat that is yielding as much as corn? Wheat, wheat with like, like rye yeah, heads on that, it. Like, yeah,
3: they got to
0: be just ginormous. You think it'd be think yeah, a pretty the... significant <laughs> head of <on> Max? <laughs> Max is like speechless. Of so like, oh. dude,
1: okay, so you get 120 bushel wheat, right? That's like that's rocking wheat, yeah. dude. You're you're killing it. You gotta double that. <laughs> that's nuts.
0: Yep. Yeah.
3: Well, it looks like he's pretty good at it because he was the contest winner before. It it's, looks
1: as him and his, father. his dad Gary,
0: yeah, both places national winners in the winter wheat irrigated category. So it is irrigated. This I guess one. I don't but have any irrigated
1: wheat, so maybe that's what I need. It's got to be something about the climate too. The oh, I there told. is a there is a pl- a piece in. Um, in I, Twin Falls County, Iowa, Idaho, apparently they call it like the Miracle Mile or something. Right there, that's one the it's won the wheat contest like nine times or something. Like right in that block, I guess. I got I got on some serious message boards about this one. I was <laughs> like, this is nuts. So yeah,
0: to- the in they have a dryland category, so winter wheat dryland, winter wheat irrigated, spring wheat dryland, and spring wheat irrigated.
2: Wow, Google and like Google Maps of that area, and it is just all circle. You know, like you wouldn't oh, guess sure. Idaho is having a big, you know, like pivots. irrigated pivots, and it's just like, yeah, it looks like it looks like you could be in Arizona. in you know, this little block here—it's it, really cool. You know, it was
1: funny. I was talking to somebody this week about it. I talked to a couple guys actually. This I don't know how. A couple different guys that I work with were must have read this, but one guy did ask me. He said what variety do you think they're planting? You think we could try And I'm like, I don't think that is going to be the main differences with the variety they're planting. I mean, don't get me wrong varieties help, but I don't think we're going to take our 70, 80 bushel wheat to two thirty by switching to their variety. I think, I think there might be a few more things at play there.
0: Okay. In addition to a $500 award, the national winners receive a trip to the commodity classic in Orlando, Florida in March. So, but yeah, that's, that's a lot of wheat on one field. So, pretty cool. Now we'll move into our that's corny for this week. We have a case of bird flu identified in St. Croix County, Wisconsin. Oh. So, one thing that doesn't seem to want to go away this year is the bird flu. And we were had a little bit of a respite from it during the summer. Some county fairs were able to have birds, but... It's creeped back into the news again lately. So, the case of highly pathogenic avian influenza or bird flu was identified in a backyard poultry flock in St. Croix County last week, according to a press release by DATCAP. Seven birds were infected and have since been killed. According to DATCAP's avian influenza website, this year more than 3.1 million birds. Across 16 counties in Wisconsin have been infected with the disease, according to DATCAP. Most have come from Jefferson County, which has uh, was the first in the state to identify the virus. And then Jefferson, that's over by Pierce, right? Where Jefferson, Jefferson is down, down, Jefferson down, is down, south, down south, by Dodge. Because okay. yeah, I know there's a lot of turkey farms down, yeah, along the Minnesota border. So yeah, that yeah. it would make Bar- sense if it was there. But
1: Barron County, big turkey. That's where yeah. the general plant is actually in Barron. But Barron, yeah. yeah. Nope, this would be this would be down by Dodge. Dodge okay, County. yeah, that's right. That's down. There. Yep. With Thanksgiving coming up this close, that is... It's probably just going to be another reason great. to raise prices in the grocery store yeah. on something. Go about. buy your
3: turkey now. Yes. I
1: just about dropped an F-bomb on the mic just now because I just thought about how expensive groceries are again. It made <laughs> me very
2: <laughs> made me upset.
1: You can't go to the grocery store for less than like $200. Bill, bill's at
2: like peak grocery... Yeah, with kids, at right. high school.
3: Yeah. yeah, and my thirteen-year-old just decided that he wants to like lift weights three times a week. <laughs> and then how's that going for you? <laughs> I mean, it's good for him.
1: He did you know? To, did you believe a kid could get more hungry? <laughs> he's gotten more hungry. Yeah, no, it's nuts.
3: Yeah. yeah, like, but the cool part is he's actually eating better, so that's good. He's like Mister Candy, so he likes. That's more
2: expensive
1: though too, but no,
3: <laughs> no, but like he actually eats good now. No, I'm so. saying eating
2: good is more expensive, which is it I is, no, yeah. No,
1: we're just we are down to the grocery store like once every six weeks. That's it, but still, man, it's expensive
2: that much. That like I can't. That's yeah. Can't we're going like, like three days. Yeah, yeah you're you probably gotta, going you weekly, weekly. We're going every. Like, I got a free, I got a freezer
1: yeah. full of venison and a pig and a half of beef. And fish. So I never like I never but, have to buy that.
3: But for us it's like trying to like we fruits and vegetables, like yep, trying milk to keep and that. fruit, milk and and Yeah. Oh bread. see if
1: you don't eat fruits and vegetables you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well there you go.
0: He also has only
1: craps every once every six <laughs> weeks, so it's pretty good. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if I added fiber to my diet? That'd be unbelievable.
0: Says on toilet paper that way too.
1: Yeah. There's another that's
0: expensive
1: paper products unbelievable
0: all right Uh, now let's wrap up with our field good friday so if you are the type of person who needs to visit a chiropractor but can't make it to the office as a farmer well maybe your doctor will come make a house call or a field call dr blake Wason of the owner of Wason family chiropractic in cedar falls iowa Hauls his portable adjustment table to the field to help farmers find relief in the busy season. Which is interesting, <laughs> you know, just this picture. Awesome. Seeing two so combines cool. and a guy, yeah, leading laying on a table in the middle of a soybean field getting work done. That's
1: well, I'll let you in on a little secret. I kinda doubt they're stopping the combines even for ten minutes for this. I just Some that's all take, a
0: chiropractor visit takes like it's that Some quick anyway yeah, i've never breaks. i've no, never talked about expensive 10 minutes and how much does it cost uh, yeah
2: no they're like i've never I, there's two people out there people that think like believe in chiropractors and people that don't and i
1: people that believe in chiropractors no it's, and i do it's so people, i'm that way like people, i'm good this is awesome Todd? like this is awesome <laughs> that they
2: would come to like and th- this chiropractor suggests you should tell your chiropractor like hey Come make what' Why don't you visits? come out to my yeah, house? Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely going to, next time I'm there, I'm going to ask, when I'm in Appleton, I'm going to be like, hey, w- when you're making a field visit, I'll just be scouting and I'll just... Look, I've got
0: dinner plans. Can you come to the restaurant yeah. and just work no, on uh, me while I'm <laughs> eating my salad? Would hey, that be possible? You're right. There's, there's no there's, way... There's two
1: types of people. You're totally right. There's people who don't believe in chiropractors, and there's suckers. <laughs> and there's a new one born every, t- no. every minute. I... Uh, what kind of doctor do you until go to back, that you get to go to again next week?
2: Until your back goes out and you need one, then you come like that. Is the worst that, doctor that's in the, the world only that people you have to go to can, four times a month. Yeah. The, well, and that's hard to. There's, there is, I've been to multiple chiropractors, and
1: if my vet told me I had to come back every week to there get my is dog also fixed, I would stop going to very my vet. good chiropractors, yeah. and
2: there's ones that are not good. That, like there, just, that, there's ones that, my yeah, that I tell my wife to go to. Hey, this will be great, and then she tell comes us out, where the bad yeah, chiropractor like, touched no, you. Todd. No, no, and they, no, like more so of like you're what not, they believe, what they like how the, they do the wellness. wellness stuff that they get into of like, well, vaccines are bad, or this is bad, or this is bad. Uh, it's like, dude, buddy, like just just fix my, fix back. my back, stay like, in like, lane, like don't I don't care about your vitamins. I just don't want my lower back to hurt. Like that's it. That's all I need you for. So no, like this so, guy going out to make field
3: calls because ten Mac years from like, now, when Max is mid thirties and he throws his back out picking the garbage can up in the kitchen, like I did <laughs> hey, a couple of weeks, a couple of years uh, ago,
1: I threw my back out Wednesday night. Don't worry, <laughs> and I was laying on the couch, like pounding in the Advil so I could get up. I was like, I gotta get up tomorrow morning and leave. So this has got to get fixed, and it did come back in like this, took about twelve hours. But
3: Sierra got her table out and you laid and she
1: adjusted it no uh but uh yeah anyway the f- story's good i just
2: i lo- like you say the picture tells everything of just the guy laying in the middle like if you drove by this and like you would your die. neighbor frank was all you'd be like what is going oh, on like like is he on a stretcher is something ha-? you know you'd be like all right yeah <laughs> where's he the goes, ambulance like, why is this guy in a stretcher well, there's no ambulance like Let's i'm go just go picturing too like like literally like how vets make calls like this is just the same way but for your back so it's i, I wonder how many chiropractors actually do this cuz literally feel I can't good i can imagine
1: literally feel yeah. good yeah i would guess it's only this it, guy the way
2: chiropractors are cranking people through them offices there's no way like they got like you got to you know sit in a little waiting room and they're just like they're there for yeah, 10 that, minutes into the next one like it's
1: this makes me feel like this guy isn't a very good chiropractor and he has no business cuz he's got time to go from <laughs> right. one field to the right. next Cause like every, like you say, or every like, chiropractor or, I've ever seen in past, like they're just cranking thirty
0: chiropractors it. under him, and he's just like, yeah, this is. It's true. He did. This 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 he kind of just wanted to do it for fun. Yeah. yeah.
1: For the record, I've never been to the chiropractor, so if they actually do help, I have no idea. I just know how often, like people that most people I know who go to one go like every week or every other week, and that just seems like a terrible doctor to me. If you have to come back every week,
0: hmm. I'm I'm more of like a once
1: every four or five years <laughs> go to the doctor kind of guy. So, which is, I mean, we'll see how long that lasts, but.
0: All right. So there you go. Maybe you can get your chiropractor or other, other specialists to make a, f- a field visit for you. Never hurts to ask.
1: Yeah, dentists.
0: <laughs> hey, they do the mobile thing for kids. Why Proc- not for doctors? Proctologists. They have the, out to the, field. the health nurses or whatever that would go around and give tetanus shots to farmers. So
1: I actually do the rural health. Real health, health initiative, like, yeah. there's some merit. Like, my grandpa would have went to the doctor more back in the day if someone came to the farm. Like, if he didn't have to leave the farm, like, he probably would have received more medical attention. Yeah.
0: So there you go. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, guys.
1: Thanks for having us, Matt.
0: So this week we talked about things to think about when you're getting ready to combine your corn. In our spotlight, we looked at the bobcat. Ride and Repeat Autonomous Mower, Ag History Minute. We talked about silos. Cool Beans was the National Wheat Yield Contest winners, hitting big bushels with that wheat, over 200 bushels to the acre. That's Corny was the bird flu still hanging around and causing trouble in Wisconsin. And our Field Good Friday was chiropractors that make field visits for their farmers. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.